Welcome to Around the Kinky Campfire Podcast. This is your host, the Cuddle Gigolo, aka El Comidon, aka Mango Boogies, but also known officially as HH Julius, your entertainment creative. I'm here with Miss Rue, our education guru. And our goal in this podcast is to destigmatize the taboo topics of kink, non-monogamy, and BDSM. We like to educate through awareness and with our experiences, and we are not certified professionals as of yet. So our non-judgmental topics with a dash of facts are to be taken mostly as entertainment and with some some slice of life anecdotal stories. Your opinions, lifestyles, and or way of thinking may not be in alignment with ours, but your opinion, lifestyle, way of thinking is also okay as well. And the fact that you have an opinion is valid. We're not here to change your minds. We are here just to provide a different point of view. Please join us every second and fourth Thursdays of every month, and our episodes are uploaded to all major platforms, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music, etc, etc. Please look forward to this coming episode, as it will start shortly, and make sure to especially pay attention to our ASR Minute, which will start very soon. Still here. Yeah. 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 This is. Welcome back, everybody. This is the fires from hell. Wow. We are here. That got deep. Quick. Yeah, we did. We uh, we're. <laughs> I'm just gonna spoil it now. We're going back into myths, fantasy versus reality. Where we are fired up right now because we just we're. We're doing the next myth thing, and the <laughs> these ones are a little bit triggering. Ridiculous. Um, but I guess on a general note, this is Around the Kinky Campfire, and I have with me... This is Rue. And this is Fuzzy Lumpkins. <laughs> wow. Do you know the reference? I don't. Oh, my God! You don't know who Fuzzy Lumpkins is? Ah! Right, I don't. I'm, I'm not going to go off. I'm not going to go off. Anyways, Fuzzy Lumpkins, a.k.a. Julius. Okay. If you're talking to me seriously, don't call me Julius. Unless you want a serious voice. But right now, I am the entertainment creative. The more mm-hmm. I said it, the less I stumble. Okay. There Fuzzy Lumpkins here. That one. To give you um, your favorite moment. Mm-hmm. We're just gonna we're, we're gonna do it first. Your Great. favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Once again, not sponsored. I am drinking the non-sponsored Fizzy Hard Seltzer. I'm still drinking. Uh, the watermelon strawberry you you heard it a couple weeks ago now. This is separated by a couple weeks. I'm still drinking that drink. Um, it is delicious, and it is a school night, so I'm not drinking heavily. But yeah, I got me some watermelon strawberry. It's probably my favorite. Like, what better combination is watermelon strawberry? Kiwi strawberry is not going to kid it. Blackberry kill it. strawberry. Blackberry strawberry. No, yeah, I like taste the Blueberry. You can strawberry. taste blackberry. Yeah, you can. It's not a strong flavor. I think so. Okay. We can do it there. And are you drinking blackberry wine? I am not. Not a uh, jam jar. Once again, jam jar. Yeah. 
jam jar. That sounds so familiar. I want to say some stuff, but that's tied into a different reality. Completely. We're in the multiverse right I know. now. All right. Oh. I kind of did it to mess with you. Did you? I did. You're ridiculous. You are ridiculous. Um, Milton. Yes. Milton. This is my Milton. Uh, we're getting to everybody's. In three, two. This is where I try to ignore you. Pretend that you're not doing this to me. Very long 30 seconds. Oh, wow. That was not necessary in my ear bone. <coughs> so not necessary in my ear bone. Whatever. I'm sorry, people, oh, that, that he great. did that to you. Oh, my God. If I can do anybody mukbang, if you want me to do that, I will totally do that. I'm just waiting for somebody to ask me to join them on a mukbang. Oh, just eat all the things. Me, my little fat self. Oh God! If I get paid to eat, there are people that get paid to eat. Yes, I'm I've seen ta- them. I'm not going to talk about the people that get paid to sleep because I'm really jealous of them. They get paid to cuddle. That too. Which then then they end up fucking sometimes. I had a friend that did that. End up did went on the app, cuddled, and the fucked the person. So mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, that's a cuddling app, not a hookup app. And he's like, yeah. I'm like, okay. Anyways, I want to get paid to eat. I want to. I just want to get paid to eat. I will make. I will make love to whatever. I will suck down some oysters and lobsters <laughs> and crabs and act like it's the best thing I ever you. ate. If people paid me, I am a little whore for that shit. I will do it. Oh my god! I will discomfort myself they for would, that. They would not get their money's worth out of me because I cannot eat that much. Doesn't need, no? You just have to make it look appetizing. Yeah, it's yeah. not about that. Have you watched the mukbang I video? Have. I, I think I have, and it's not. You think my, you have? I, yeah, I think I have. You think you no? Those people like it's like, it's like hot girls with big boobs and little stick figures. They're not eating a lot. They're just making. They're just like sucking it down like they're sucking a dick, and then people like watching it. I know. I know what it is. Yeah, but no. well, there's different kinds. No, thank you. Yeah, there's the one where people eat a lot. I will. Oh my god, I will make that shit funny, and I will suck it down. Mmm, um, mm, Burger King Whopper. Mmm, mm, mm, delicious. Oh, anyways. What are we doing here? Not that. You want to do the intro this time? We are not that. You want to do the intro this time? No. You got to do the intro. It's right here. It's your thing. Oh, my God. Okay. We did what we were drinking. We are here to destigmatize that which is taboo. It's a big old thing, but specifically, we want to make it more comfortable for everybody to be kinky to be into bdsm to be non-monogamous poly open swingy whatever it is under that umbrella and be a tad bit geeky we are here and we would listen to us i would i would listen to us yeah so we want to destigmatize the taboo and right now we're once again we're, we're back into it now we're fired up again because we're talking about myths myths versus reality fantasy versus reality real versus fake all that shit and you saw it last time with relationships. Right we yes. did it with relationships. Oh, my God. Hopefully, y'all learned something, but we're continuing now. I guess we're the Fantasy versus Reality Podcast. We've got to change our name. That's what it is. It's just a series. It's just a series. Until next just time. So, yeah. I'm enjoying it very much. I hope y'all are, too. Speaking of which, you can go to Instagram, Campfire Kingsters, subscribe, and uh, let us know what you think about it, what you think about all this. There you go. Um, today, <laughs> we're specifically in not mm-hmm. So we talked about relationships. Now we're going to dive deep. We keep going deeper levels on the umbrella. We were 
Where were like we relationships? Were at relationships. Yeah. Now we're at non-monogamy. Is that, is that the top of the mountain? I feel like that's in the clouds. Yeah. It was in the clouds. So now we're 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 at the we're on Everest. We're at the mountain caps here. Okay. Talking about non-monogamy, not a specific one, just all monogamy that is non. Um, and <laughs> we're gonna talk about myths. <laughs> So you went online and you really looked true. up like the top 10, <laughs> top whatever. No, I just put in myths it's, about non-monogamy. So this is this is actually Psychology Today. I actually know this one. So this is a list from Psychology Today. Um, we just got five myths. We we only did like four last time and we still took the whole episode. So yeah. we're going to do a deep dive on myths from Psychology Today article. I don't really want to do any more specific than that. It's just an article. It's literally the top. But myth number Ugh. one, consensual non-monogamy is an excuse for cheating. Redditors, lend me your rears. Why, Miss Rue, mm-hmm. would I have issues in my relationship and then decide to bring in a third party to try to fix the relationship? Because you're not educated. <laughs> How does that make sense? Okay, and specifically, so, I'm just gonna have, I'm gonna go fuck or. It's an okay, but here's no. the thing. Okay, so take a breath, entry <laughs> for a minute. <laughs> the myth is oh, that non-monogamy is an excuse for cheating. Okay, before we go there, I want to ask you, what is your definition of cheating? Cheating is going outside the established boundaries set by. The people within a relationship. Okay. Because to me, the, you, you're setting the brown, you, you set the boundaries of your relationship with the person that you're with. Whether relationship, now romantic partners, does it mean you won't have other sexually engaged partners? And then what does sex mean to you? Intimate. Does it mean that you won't physically touch? you know, sexual organs of other people. What does it mean to you? So whatever boundaries you set, either in your non-monogamous or monogamous, in whatever relationship that you are in, when you step outside of those, without conversation, without consent, without prior negotiation, you're cheating. Because to me, cheating can be physical, cheating can be emotional, cheating can be intimate it, it can be any of these things so you can never touch another person and still be cheating on somebody simply by the way you're communicating with another person or simply because there's emotional cheating there's physical cheating the accepted boundaries that are with you and another person without their consent without their knowledge without their agreeing to it that to me is cheating. And mon- mon- non-monogamy is an excuse for that. <laughs> but see, that's the myth. Exactly. So they're saying the reality is, is it's not an excuse for cheating. They're agreeing with us. Yeah, these are these are myths, not not realities, folks. Excuse for cheating. So what they're saying is people are out there and they view people who are in non-monogamous relationships. They just assume that it's, oh, well, this you're just using this so that it's not called cheating. 
Yeah. Something. And then also, to these heteronormative people, I have something to tell you. If I consensually, consensually negotiate with my partner to have a relationship with another person, that is not cheating. I'm gonna, these people <laughs> consider porn, consider it cheating, whether your partner knows about it or not. That's but not see, the definition of cheating. But see, that's where you and your partner have to have clear boundaries on what is acceptable within the relationship and what is not. Ex- and is it, it goes back to the same thing between inclusive and exclusive negotiation, like with kink. Are you negotiating what can what is on the table for the two people within the relationship, or are you negotiating and agreeing to boundaries for what is not allowed within the relationship? You see what I'm saying? So when, or are you creating the boundaries that explain just what's not allowed to be in, which goes back to the very basics of the whole inclusive versus exclusive negotiation. Yeah, and it's it. So, I will just say I am pretty triggered because the general society considers having specifically sex. They're not, you know, they're not even considering intimacy and emotions into the whole thing. That if you have sex outside of your relationship, you're cheating. But like, hold on a second. I discussed this with my partner. It mm-hmm. is consensual. So if I'm gonna be a swinger, if I'm gonna be open, if I'm gonna be poly. That was discussed with my partner. Mm-hmm. That's not cheating. That's not cheating. You're not cheating if it's consensual. No. Good Lord. The I don't even minute, know if monogamous people listen to our conversation, but the minute God. you step outside those boundaries, those boundaries, whatever those boundaries are, is when you're cheating. You know, I've seen I've seen in monogam I've seen in relationships. We won't even say monogamous, even in non monogamy relationships. Exactly. exactly. I've seen people say well, I didn't cheat on you. I never fucked them. It's never physical. You did cheat on your partner. Your partner didn't agree to this preemptively. You guys didn't discuss this before Jeez. it happened. Oh, well, I, I didn't cheat on my partner because all I did was was have conversations with them. Okay, but were the conversations intimate? Were they emotionally driven? Were you Were you creating an emotional bond with the person that you were talking to? And did you guys agree that that was okay for you to do and that you were open to do that with other people? If you didn't agree to that, this is not one of those things where it is permitted. And those lead to resentment. I thought we had, I'm looking to see in our episode list that we had a specific uh, episode about boundaries. But if you go to episode 26, the basics of negotiations, I believe we talk about boundaries there. So go back and listen to that. There you go. Um, <clears throat> So no, so it is a myth. Jesus, that go back to the go back to the oh, article. God. It is a myth, and like people don't even think about that. that That's the worst excuse. part of the generalization. And is what like people don't understand. Right, you had sex. Consensual non-monogamy is not an excuse for cheating. Also, with the romantic and the intimacy thing, it's like people have work work wives or work husbands oh yeah it's like you emotionally dump with this person mm-hmm. you get back to your partner at home and then you have nothing to talk to them about that's cheating in my book if you didn't talk about that that's cheating that's an emotional connection yeah you have an emotional connection with somebody outside a relationship and they're like oh, i didn't fuck her that's still cheating mm-hmm. people it's, it well, how, many movies, how many movies have you seen where 
uh, let's go back to the heteronormative way that things are looked at. You know, the guy brings his wife to an office party, right? And he introduces a, he introduces her to a female coworker. And that female coworker knows way too much about him, way too much about her, way too much about everything, well, right? I you guys had an argument. Bring, brings him his favorite drink, you know, does the thing. And then when he looks at his wife, he's like, oh, well, you know, that's just my work wife. Or that's just, we just work together. Yeah. That but was not discussed. That was not discussed. That's cheating. That was not discussed. I'm, I'm trying to like not be triggered and, not, and be more entertaining, but that is cheating. <laughs> like that is cheating. Like what the fuck? Just be. <sighs> it's consensual. Myth it's number consensual. two. Uh, you, you know why? I'm gonna tell why? you why. Because I've had friends that ask me these questions. Right. What about cheating? And like, oh yeah, you and Polly now you just having fuck fest all over the place. It's like, no. It's like ask me more questions. Stop making assumptions. It's just like, I'm not, it's not for the sex. It's not even for the sex. I'm not even talking about de- like demisexual stuff, but it's like, I have a conversation with my partner and I date other people. It's like, oh, it's like, yeah, conversation. And we've de- negotiated this, mm-hmm. not cheating. And it's like, wh- what is not, what what is so hard to believe? Like, just because you don't have, like sex is not the be- end all be all of cheating. There are other ways to cheat. Hopefully we got that. To, through to y'all campsters we're in that boat okay mm-hmm. there's other ways to cheat just behind fucking okay there all right <sighs> myth number two people in consensually i gotta stop saying consensually it's not, not people in non-monogamous relationships can experience jealousy it doesn't have to be just consensual it's non-monogamy so so they're basically saying oh well because you're non-monogamous you don't uh, you don't experience jealousy and once again like what the fuck okay so in your non-monogamous relationships, do you experience jealousy? Yes. With all your human. partners? All the time. All the time. And, and would you what? still consider your relationship successful? Hey, and guess what? I was jealous in my monogamous relationships before mm-hmm. I became non-monogamous. Yes. Jealousy is an emotion, people. If I was annoyed... Do you think I just go around punching people that I'm annoyed? No, I have emotions. I go through them and realize, hey, I have these emotions. I don't need to react to them. So so when you experience this jealousy, experience jealousy, you know, is that is that expected? Can it be negotiated? Can it be worked on? Are there underlining factors that feed into that that... Now see, like, what's the root of it? Why do people think that you can't because you just choose to be with other triggering him on purpose? It triggered me too because amazing. There are people, okay. First of all, non monogamous, non monogamous, whatever that don't know the answer to these questions. There are people who do that ask themselves these questions. So hopefully, if you're listening to this, uh, I can't say you. Hopefully, you ask these questions, but I hope you're thinking about it now. The answer to these questions. Am I, as an adult person, aware that I have emotions? Yes. Am I an adult person that realizes I can have emotions and not physically manifest them in the real world? Able to realize I have emotions and constructively and non-destructively deal with these emotions. (laughs) Do (laughs) do I have an emotional... Uh, emotional connection with another person 
where I can discuss these emotions and not be shamed, not be guilted, no negative um, repercussions because of these emotions. Oh, that's a goal. So it's yeah. like, I like how they put the facts underneath it. It's not uncommon for partners in non-monogamous relationships, Monog- relationships to experience jealousy, especially in situations where it feels like one of their partners is spending an inornate amount of time or energy with other relationship partners compared to them. Which I would say, so if if you are going into a non-monogamous situation, part of the conversation, part of the negotiation of that relationship should be jealousy. It should just be part of it. Just like when we teach negotiation for kink. Part of the negotiation for kink should be aftercare. Part of it should be, you know, safe words. Part of it should be play style. All of the things that we teach people to negotiate, jealousy should be on the top list of things that's negotiated with a non-monogamous relationship. Because I would say you, any relate. Nature, naturally, it's a survival instinct. There's a competitive nature in every person. It's just how it manifests. You can say that you're not jealous. You can be in a non-monogamous relationship and not be jealous with a lot of communication, with a lot of negotiation, and with a lot of work put into realistic expectations. When you don't put that work in, and you don't leave room for conversations is when you start ex- experiencing feelings like that. I'll just take a minute here to shout out my gray sexuals. I'm jealous of y'all. I'll just say that right now. Yeah, there's different, oh man, there's, there's different. <laughs> I'm, still, <laughs> I'm still on my podium of this happens in all relationships. You have emotions. You are probably an adult person. You should be an adult person. We put the disclaimer at the beginning of this episode. You should be an adult. But I realize not everybody is aware of all the emotions that they're feeling at all the times. But please go on and search online the emotional wheel and work from the outside. Yeah, work from the outside and move your... Well, is it... Which one's the big ones? In the inside or the outside? The big ones are the... The the broad strokes are on the inside. On the inside. Work your way... Start with the inside and work your way outside. There's a lot of emotions. You probably... You know, if you're new to this, you probably... Well, in general, I I don't know all of them, but there's a lot of emotions. They have a wheel for you to help you explain those emotions. I teach a class on this. Somebody teaches a class on this. I do. Um, And then... She did this very good class busters, and maybe we'll be able to find out someday what is in the class. Did uh, you know that jealousy, jealousy lives in the home, equivalent to furious, under the umbrella of mad, which manifests as anger. Yep. Under That's anger where jealousy umbrella. lives, is under the anger umbrella. Yep. Doesn't live under fearful, doesn't live under sad, surprised. Right up. This one is just. If you if you do the research, if you take our advice and go to this emotion wheel and find the word jealousy, you're going to find it on the very outer skirts of this wheel. Mm-hmm. Right. It's equivalent. Its sister brother is the word furious. So the way you read this wheel is: Are you really jealous? Are you really furious? Or 
you know, are you mad? And if you mad, is it manifest, is it manifesting as anger? And so the, the opposite way to look at that is, are you really angry or are you just mad at them? Or are you bitter or are you aggressive or are you frustrated, right? If you're like, no, I'm really mad. I'm really mad. I'm not angry. Angry is not a, a, an emotion. It is, but it's more of a manifestation. Are you really mad or are you furious? Or are you really mad or are you jealous? Ultimately, because they have, they, somebody possesses something that you don't, right? Like if you were to go on here and let's deep dive for a minute, because it's what we do. And um, we haven't done this deep of a dive in a while, but let's deep dive here for a second. Since we're talking about it, the definition of jealousy is feeling or showing envy of someone or their achievements and advantages. I hate when they put other words into the definition of a word. So <laughs> what does envy mean? Feeling jealous, right? They're saying the myth is that, that if you're in a non-monogamous relationship, you can't experience jealousy. So they're saying that in what they're saying is, is being in a non-monogamous relationship, you cannot have the feeling of envy towards somebody else's achievements or accomplishments or advantages. Yeah, I have trouble with that definition because it's like, what does envy mean? <laughs> we have a thing where we say like jealousy versus envy. There's supposed to be two different things, but then they put the word of the thing in the thing. But Envy yeah. is painful or resentful awareness of an advantage. Of an advantage. It's the aware, envy is the awareness of it, where jealous is a feeling or showing of that because of achievements and advantages. So I'm jealous of my partner because they're spending more time with their other partner. So the, the common denominator is time. I'm envious of the time spent. I'm jealous because they go to Broadway shows and I really like Broadway. So I'm really upset over the advantage that that other person has over me because they're getting to do a preferred action or a preferred thing. Just because you're in a non-monogamous relationship, just because you have more than one partner doesn't mean that the likes and the dislikes and all of the things that you have in common don't overlap. And it's how you negotiate the overlap is how you mediate jealousy because I don't think you're ever going to get rid of jealousy within any relationship, especially non-monogamous. The more people you add to a pot, the more overlap you're navigating. So you're always going to have overlaps that you have to navigate. It's just how you choose to do it. Okay. It's how you choose to communicate is how you mediate jealousy. You're never going to eliminate it. You can only mediate it. Yeah, and quick, like a quick summation of this, um, kind of to help y'all out is <clears throat> the myth versus reality is the myth. The myth is we don't get jealous. The reality is everybody's jealous. Everybody gets jealous at some point over at some something. point in time. And also, as for your example, uh, I don't know if you believe this. Cause I don't know if we talked about this, but emotions are not a pie chart. 
you can have emotions for everybody. There's no limit on the amount of emotions you can have. So it's not like this partner gets this emotion and this events and yeah. these feelings, yada, 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 and this one. Da- no, everybody can have all the emotions. There's no, there's no limit on the amount of emotions. And everybody can have an experience. Just because you had experience with one partner doesn't mean you can't have that same. doesn't have a finite number event that you're only able to experience it with 48. Yeah. And yeah, I feel like the people that have that believe in this myth think that emotion there's a limit on them. It's like a bucket. You can fill it up to the top and then you run out of emotions. It's like no, emotions are unlimited. You can have same emotions for multiple different people. Oh, okay. myth number 3. Oh god. We're flying through these a little okay, bit. Okay, hold on. Whoa. Okay. People who gravitate towards consensual non-monogamy have avoidant attachment styles. Okay, so they're going to dive deep into attachment or research your own attachment asylum. Please re-read Polysecure. That's one. Um, I would say Polysecure is going to be the best one for um, technical definitions. Um, it's an introductory because there's actually yeah. a, the attachment book, which actually... For stroke. For they're with find poly people. Also, yes. there's polywise now. Polywise now, yeah. They talk more about it, but yeah, if you want to do a deeper dive, unrelated to relationships, polysecure um, is a good one. Well, no, there's an attachment book which talks about just attachment styles in general, not really related to poly. Oh, there but, you go. Okay, yeah. but, but yeah. for non-multiple attachment styles, one of which is avoidant <sighs> attachment style, which basically means that as long as I keep you at arm's length, right? Correct me if I'm wrong because I haven't read the book in a while. As long as I keep you at arm's length and I avoid, oh, right? Jesus. We're going to use the word intimate attachments, very secure mm, like emotions. emotions towards you. Then our relationship's good. Like I'm happy because you can't get close enough to hurt me. Think of it as like a, a, a fjord or castle wall. Yeah. I look down from my wall in my little outlook thing when people come knock on because my thing. Because I'm safe on this side of I'm the wall. I'm safe on this side and I look at people, <laughs> potential partners, and be like, do I want to l- open my gates to you? Yes. And my gates contain my emotions. And yes. I might open my yeah. gate only a little bit because I'm avoiding being all in. I'm yep. avoiding And that shit can all close of, real quick. And it does. It, it, it closes quicker than it opens. Um, and so what they're saying is, is people who gravitate towards non-monogamy have this avoidant attachment style because it's easier. The myth is it's easier to have multiple partners that you don't have to commit to. That is like an all in partner is the way I'm reading this. Yeah, I guess they're saying that you're good at um, not committing non-committal and you're good at compartmentalizing right. as well. Well, I mean, well, I mean, compartmentalizing is part of avoidant attachment because if I, if I keep you in a box, if I keep you, if I keep boundaries securely around you or around me with you, then you can't get close enough and affect everything else around me by being a part of my life. Well, that's a, that's one of those things is like a chicken and egg thing. Cause it's, like, which uh, comes first. Yeah. And compartmentalize it. I mean, secure people can compartmentalize too. Yes. That's not, and, Avoiding people are, do it easier. Yes. Um, I think it's a tool avoiding people use. Yeah. To stay avoidant. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. I think it's a tool. And they're, compartmentalizing yeah, really, it. Really, really good at it. But, but, to the, break reality, that but is, the reality is, is non-monogamy. And they can still be 
successful as long as you are upfront and honest about how you are with this attachment style. If you go to your partner and say, you know, okay, let's do the research and this is the understanding of this attachment style, right? And this is what I know I need to work on, things that I either want to change or don't want to change. Just because you have an attachment style doesn't mean you have to change it. Doesn't mean that it's necessarily bad. It just works for you. You just have to be very transparent with your partner about how that translates to them and how it affects them. Yeah, you know this is a psychology today myth thing because they're talking about attachment styles. They assume everybody right. knows what an attachment style is. What an style. attachment <laughs> style is, right. So with this one, I would say it's easier to, if you are curious about attachment styles, we we brought it up in a book in a previous episode. We talked about polysecure and we briefly talked about different attachment styles in those previous episodes I would say get the attachment book, get polysecure, put a book on audio, whatever it whatever it takes, or just look up attachment styles and get the brief, oh you know, God. just so that you have context to what this is in relation to. Yeah. And if you don't want to do a deep dive, just uh, there are tests and, and quizzes you can take mm-hmm. online to figure out what your attachment style is. And there's even deeper, there's multiple different versions of the avoidant and the anxious attachment style. I don't know if you mentioned the anxious right but now, but it's the other end of mean. Yeah, Jesus. The relationship, you'd want a secure person. Like, I don't even know. Like, it, they say avoidant attachments should not be with anxious attachment people, but two avoidant people wouldn't be good either. Two anxious people. Like, no, <laughs> one, you got nobody giving, letting their feelings out to the other person. And the other one, everybody, they're putting their needs in front of secure most of the time for, for it to be a functioning relationship. You can look at any relationship that's been together for a long time. One of those people is secure. There's no way. It doesn't matter if you're monogamous or non-monogamous. It's just not going to work. Mm-hmm. Not going to work. So, yeah, the fact that they think all non-monogamous have avoidment, they wouldn't even, there would be no relationships. <laughs> the, the shit wouldn't last that long. It's crazy. Myth number four, people wow. in monogamous relationships report greater happiness and more relationship satisfaction than people in non-monogamous relationships. I love they say report on there, um, which so is who funny. Are they asking? Yeah, because I, I got a little word for you, the reporters out there. The people that are in good non-monogamous relationships ain't taking the time to report shit. If I'm in a good relationship, I'm not going to be like, oh, let me take this quiz real quick or post it online. No, I'm living my life. But I have I, but multiple no, but, partners. But wait, minute, but wait a minute. So the myth is that people in monogamous relationships report greater happiness and more relationship satisfaction than people in on. So the reality is, is there in their survey, non-monogamous people are actually reporting higher rates of happiness and relationship satisfaction than people who are monogamous because this is the myth so the reality is like they're saying research suggests on average people who identify as consensually non-monogamous report slightly higher levels of overall happiness than people who describe themselves as monogamous but only when they report having had one or more sexual partner in the last year. Of course. Of course. They had to attach sex to it. Of course. Of course they did. It wasn't even, you could just say partners in, in general. Because once partners. again, I'll go back on Reddit where there's multiple posts 
non-monogamy. My partner is getting all these dates and I'm not getting anything. What do I do? Am I actually poly or non-monogamous? It's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah you still you are. are. You just suck at talking to people. I'm and sorry. so the the myth that, you know, you have to be in a monogamous relationship to be happy and satisfied is... it's it's bullshit that I have been around that are in polyamorous relationships when you are finally comfortable enough kind of like if you view the your sexuality your identification things that involve how you navigate the world when they as non do the education put themselves out there around other people who are and put themselves in relationships or starting relationships, friendships with people who are non-monogamous. There's a certain uh, freedom that comes with being able to be that open. And you will find that along with when you can be that open about your sexuality, when you can be that open about your identification, when you can, you can be that open about how you feel you navigate the world best that filling relationships with other people because there's a huge aspect of you that no longer has to be suppressed and hidden exactly and so if you do feel within yourself regardless of the partner that you are experiencing it with if you feel you are a non-monogamous person and that that is what fulfills you only until you act on it. Will you truly be able to report that your relationships are happy and fulfilling and satisfying? Because otherwise, no matter who you're with, you're always suppressing a small part of yourself. Correct. You're compromising a small part of yourself. And that was a very good insight by you because that just made me realize when somebody asked me, what do you like about Polly? That's a weird question for me because it's like, or also the fact that it's not that I like Polly. It went back all the way to kink. I learned about kink because I did, I figured that, that I like kink. I did the research on kink. Hey, this is for me. Ran into Polly people. Mm-hmm. Didn't like it at first. Did more research. Hey, I'm Polly. Found out about asexual in the mm-hmm. spectrum. I'm like, oh, there's demisexual as well. Oh, look, I'm demisexual mm-hmm. as well. Did more research. Yeah. And then I ran, you know, books like Polysecure and Attachment Styles. I didn't know about Attachment Styles until I said I was polyamorous. Mm-hmm. Didn't know. I knew about love languages, but like, oh, this is what love. Oh, you give mm-hmm. like. And as you were saying, I started meeting more partners that are accept- accepting of the way I am. Mm-hmm. Just like now, I am enjoying poly because I've met partners that accept my queerness, mm-hmm. that accept my demisexuality. And, you know, that. But, but to oh, me, it goes started- back to the, I turn those questions around back on people. What do you like about being straight? What do you like about being you know, heterosexual? What do you like about being male? What do you, what, like, and, and then look at them seriously, you know? And then when they look at you and like, well, what do you mean? What do I like? It's me. There you go. Why do you like, why, why are you transsexual? Why are you non-binary? Well, why are you male? Well, yeah. that's just who I am. Yeah, no shit. Me too. 
You know what I'm saying? So it's when we stop asking these questions, not why are you this? You know, how does this benefit your life? How does this provide you happiness and satisfaction? Now we can talk about those things all day long because it's not about, you're not questioning how I identify. You're not questioning my identity in this world. You're asking me, how does it benefit me? How does it enhance my life? How, what, what, how, what about it brings satisfaction to my life? These kinds of conversations we can have all day long, but don't say I am because that has no bearing on you. It has no bearing on anybody else. It's just a part of who I am. It means people come into the assumption that it's a choice. Exactly. I didn't choose to be kinky. It's always been a part of who I am. And it took me seeing it for what it was. And then openly accepting it and exploring it and making it um, more uh, public, more open, me being open about it's a part of me. Well, you know, people always a uh, side rant. Uh, people always want to ask you, well, you know, how do you identify? Who are you? Like, uh, how do you see yourself? And people always say, oh, well, you know, I'm this gender, this race, this nationality, this thing, this thing, this thing. And nobody ever goes, oh, yeah, and I'm kinky. Because then people are like, oh, so you chose to be kinky. Well, no, I I am. You asked me who I was. Like, you didn't question me being white. You didn't question me being, you know, a woman, you know, but you're going to question me about being kinky or you're going to question, you know, or you're going to question me about being non-monogamous. To me, all of those things, I didn't choose to be bi. I'm in my mind, in the way I I know about myself and my authentic truth is I've always been bisexual. See, that's like a life goal. How do you get across those people that think it's a choice? But see, that's, that's, you, you're not going to always, you're not going to change their mind with a conversation. We're not here to change money's mind. And you are not, they are not entitled to a conversation with you. That is true as well. And so if people want to, ask me those questions, I don't have to answer them. Correct. Choice to look at them and say, I choose not, I choose not to engage in this conversation with you. Is there anything else you would like to talk about? If not, I'm going to leave. You don't owe them anything. If you want to educate them about yourself, you're always welcome to, but that's a choice you can make. Just because people ask you doesn't mean you have to answer. Correct. And also not have. <laughs> no, I want to keep talking about oh this. Gosh, that took a, such a turn. That took a, be- a beautiful turn. That was great. That was just one of those those myths that is like, oh, I want to side note here that uh, I thought the parts under the myth were explaining the myth. Like in the no, last one, it's dis- I didn't, I didn't yeah, realize those were, it, facts. those were facts. I yeah. I just now realized those were facts. It's okay. We're almost That's what done. I'm here for. <laughs> we're almost, I didn't realize those were facts. Under it's there. okay. I got you. Do we want to read any more about the fourth myth? No, we're good. God. Yeah. It's, oh, it's, okay. So another side tangent here is they talk about reporting stuff. It's like if I'm in a funk, like in a happy, if I'm in my happy place and I have multiple relationships, I'm not going to be like, 
I'm gonna fill this report out real quick and tell everybody I'm not posting on social media. I'm living my life. Yeah, I'm not doing that. So when they say report it, it that's another triggery word because it's like the actual people that are living happy. I'm not gonna take the time to report the shit. I'm gonna live my life. Okay. Anyways, myth number five: non-monogamy is more advantageous for men than it is for women. Now, as the man, I will have to. Uh, yeah. Why don't you lay? Why don't you? <laughs> You like how I slide my spectrum scale there? I, do. I use this it to my advantage. Yes. I'm black. A, I'm as black a, as, a, as a true man would. <laughs> <laughs> ah, no. She got me. But I'm bump. I'm not pressing the button. I'm just <laughs> I'm just going to leave. How about that? You run the shit now. Check your privilege. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. Oh, th- that Just saying, check oh, your privilege. That just Oh man. Ooh, I want another tangent there. I'm going to tangent some more. Uh, I'm going to hold it. Okay, go ahead. I held it back. Basically, what they're saying is is that non-monogamy is always going to... um, Men pulls again. Binary, um, uh, well, I mean, transsexual men are men. So, to me, the transsexual part um, is irrelevant. Because transsexual women, transgendered women are women. So I don't, I don't need the word. Yeah, but I don't think those people, these people that write these things are thinking about that. Then psychology should, they should up, up their game. Well, no, I, I'm talking about. <laughs> In my opinion, they should up their game. No, psychology so, today is doing the facts. I right. feel like the myths, the people that come up with the myths are not thinking about. Well, that's why they're myths. Yeah. They're not. They're not. They're not. As it's, long as it, one person believes it is true, is I have a, I probably have a, older than what you think. Yeah, but I be, somebody somewhere believes it to be true, right? So I well, feel and, like and the whole reason the whole reason is is because when they start doing research on non monogamy and they start doing reports and they start taking surveys and they start doing all these things, nobody ever stops to think. You know, nobody checks the gender at the beginning of the report. Nobody is saying, are these two women reporting this or are these two men or are these non-binary people reporting it? 90, probably 95% of the time when they're taking these surveys and they are going out to people, they are talking about the heteronormative of a male and female. cisgender people. Cisgendered yeah. relationships. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, and, especially if it's right. a national thing, that's this exactly. So, I mean, if you're playing a numbers game, you're going to run into more cis het people to get these numbers from. Depend now, if you depending on where you target, right? Um, so yeah, I get why it's I get why it's written like this. Yeah, but. The the myth is that guys do it. Okay, we'll just call call it what it is. The myth is couples go into non-monogamy and it's always going to benefit the man because the man's ultimately going to fuck whoever they want and the woman's along for the ride. And they can't fuck anybody. One penis policy. Or typically when they're talking non-monogamy and it's a cishet couple, they're talking about introducing another female to the couple. Um, and they love to implement whether they know they're doing it or not, the one penis policy, right? So if we're going down that route and we're staying within those gender roles, then they're going to debunk the myth with the facts that it can 
it can be advantageous for both genders, you know, this and that, da, da, da. I think this myth and addressing this myth is um, very old and outdated. Uh, I think it's not relevant to society these days, even as a myth. Mm, I don't. I don't think it somebody is. Else doesn't listen, mean that ever made it to the moon. Exactly. Um, That's a hoax. It, so, Rude's not real, actually. Just because people believe it, well, yeah, we're all part of the Truman Show. Um, just because people believe it doesn't mean that it's the social norm. Now, I will say in my ex- older polyamorous sites, older non-monogamous sites, and my experience is it's primarily the men out there looking for another woman. And <laughs> that they get mad when they go out there and their woman gets more attention than they do. And then, yes. And then they get mad when the <laughs> women basically ignore the men and we're like, we've got this. Thank you. Um you can sit over there, you know. Um, you you I, watch The Simpsons, right? No. Oh my God! You? I don't watch The Simpsons. You've seen the meme when Nelson's like, "Ha ha!" You haven't seen that meme? No. Oh my God! Anyways, there's a character. Anytime something happens bad, you know Bart. Mm-hmm. Okay. He pops out. I've been to Universal. Okay. I've been through the what land. The fuck? You don't know who Nelson is. He's like a main character. Anyways, he pops out and he's like that. They decide, they wanted to open the relationships. Like, I made a mistake. My wife's getting more attention than, than I am. Mm-hmm. I just want to be like, ha ha. Point <laughs> laughing them. Anyways, as you were saying. No, I'm done with this. I'm, I'm done with this myth because okay. it's stupid. Like, I don't, I don't like this one, you know. Is it a myth that one person is going to benefit more than the other? I I I think that's a myth that's perpetuated within the society of non-monogamy. I don't think enough people do enough things to prevent that myth from happening. I've been to swinger parties. I've been to, you know... Um, poly meetups and I've been around it and it still unfortunately is very male sex drive driven that's the reality of it it just is and until society catches up with with until the the movement within society catches up in that very niche environment I don't see it changing yeah, it's um, damn, it's hard not to talk about any like specifics, but even well, you don't see genderqueer, you don't see non-binary, you don't see people like this going to the parties. Yep, that's and yeah. so and and I understand why, I really, really do. Um, however, it's that double-edged sword; they exist, but they don't go to the par- like it's you can't expose people to things that there are no there is no exposure to but then you can't expect people to do all the heavy lifting and all the exposure for the sake of other people's education so it's one of those double-edged swords where i think as a whole until societal norms shift further it's not this is such a niche environment that it's not going it's going to take longer to affect it yeah and um another disclaimer tangent here is I specifically, you might agree or not agree with me, but I am here for the education of the queer community, specifically in these spaces. So my thing is, is 
Okay, shout out to the queer community. Throw a party. Yeah, I'm, I, yeah, they can do that if they want. Yeah, throw a party, it, rent it, rent it, rent a venue, and and host an event yeah. where this is the theme of the event. But also another thing is too is like I understand you're not there, but it's like I want to I want to tell you as somebody that goes to these places and experiences these things. This is why I have a podcast. It's not that you're not accepted. People are positive. You know, what I'm saying they just you know they don't know. Mm-hmm. It's it's like. Um, you can, but you also have to understand that you, you are. Have a choice, I, but I'm going to call you out. You're speaking from a place of privilege because the area that you live in is more progressive than a lot of places in the United States, and so. But I know the spaces that, which is more progressive, which is, you know, more left, right, left. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> It's left. It's left. <laughs> but but yeah. you say what I'm saying. Like, where if you go to more secludedly accepted, where this isn't more of a social norm, right? Where it's not in their backyard or in their shopping centers or in their grocery stores on a daily basis, then it might not be acceptable for people to go to those swinger parties in those areas because they're not going to see it. It's not something they see every day. They're still outliers. Yes, I agree with you on that point, and I need to go to different states and experience this. But I think I would, you're very lucky to be where you are yeah. and to be able to experience the venues that you experience. But if you were to go towards more rural states... That still have these niche communities. I don't believe it's as accepted or as accessible as you think well, it is. And that's fine too. Um, you're just gonna have to move. That's I'm all there is moving. to it. Uh, Everybody come here. Experience well, what we experience. You go to California too. Yeah. Well, there's places like here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Texas is getting better. Yeah. Um, but it's yeah, it's gonna take longer for those other places to catch up, even uh, longer than it did ours. Yeah. There's you know there's different communities out there, and you you might just end up having to move. There's a lot of people that you know ran to the bigger cities to get more opportunities and be around. Or you'd be more surprised like if you threw a party. Yeah. How many people too. would actually come? There might um, be more of you than you than you think. But. My my point is is you you know you can go out nobody's gonna be like hey get out of here well I can't say that generally you can't say that <laughs> generally from no. my experience they're not gonna be like hey you get out of here mm-hmm. it's um and like I'm not for pushing example, for people to go to parties either if you don't want to no, go to no, a party no. you don't go to a party but I mean right? the same thing can be said for kink look at kink right we live in a very progressive area very very acceptable area yeah. in kink. Uh, our town has a pride parade and pups have a float, yeah. right? So, out in the open, out in the public, right next to any... Which I, which uh, I went to this year, Right next way. to any other bank that has a float, right? Okay, so you go to a... And I can say this because I lived in a rural area, a more conservative oh. state. You go to a more conservative state, right? Here we see... Switches. We see female dominance. We see non-binary dominant. We see these things, right? I have lived in areas where when you go to a kink event, the only thing you see are male dominance and female submissives. And that's it. And if you don't fit that role, they don't know what to do with you. There's not a space for you. Now, is it getting better? Yes. So even in a kink environment, we're still talking about niche 
environments and niche communities. Yes. And this is why I wanted to start this podcast because whatever you want to do, I'm here to share my experiences and opinions and to let you know I've gone to these places. Mm-hmm. I know the feeling in this area. And if you want to do that, I can share that with you and how to navigate those social interactions. That's what my passion and my hobby is. Different types of relationships. So, yeah, it's it's different for all different areas. But, yeah, people that I, I just hate that there's people out there that want to do this thing. And, like, I don't know where to start. And I don't think people like it. Or they don't there. have a community to start have, in. Well, you got you to gotta move. Yeah. Or start it. One of the two. Yeah. So as far as these myths go for non-monogamy, I mean, it's great that they're putting them out there and that they're debunking them in the same article they're actually they're telling you the myth and then they're telling you the facts they're telling you the reality of it that like here's what people think and then here's the reality of what's happening of that um and and they're showing that here's how you can counteract that within you here's things here's tools here's words here's ideology actually if you choose so to enter those conversations, which you are not entitled to, because it is not your job to, it is not your job to educate other people to your equated comfort level. Exactly. If they choose to remain ignorant, then that is their choice, and it's not your job to unignorant them. Yep. But we are here for you if you want to learn. That is what we do yep. at around the kinky campfire. We have once again continued our series with fantasy versus reality. Hopefully you learned something from this and got more reality and uh, we'll uh, do something if you want to with yeah. it. But either way, or we are not, here. It just educates you so that you're more secure with the people that you're talking to, that you aren't required to talk to them and you are not required to explain yourself. Yes. I think that's the biggest thing that I, that's the biggest takeaway I want people to have is that, be secure with who you are. Be secure with what you believe in. Be secure with how you identify. And you don't owe anybody anything. Yes. And if they don't understand it, then it's their job to educate themselves on that. Oof, boy. And good luck with that because, yeah, we're we're out here trying to be secure with ourselves as well. I have my days. Oh, we all have our days. Yeah. We all so, have them. It's not an on and off switch. It's a roller coaster. It's a ride of life. You go in and out. It happens. So... That is, uh, I'm going to say part two of the reality. Yeah, we'll we'll see two. you. We'll see what we do next time. Hopefully you enjoyed the, uh, um, the relationship last time. And then now the non-monogamy part of it. I could definitely talk about the poly part of non-monogamy and the different myths and stuff like that. Uh, this is my passion. So I'm glad we're talking about it. Cause I can mm-hmm. talk about relationships all day. Hopefully I'll teach a class, but either way you can come find out about your different emotions on IG and you can message us directly. Just, like that um, that page and subscribe to it. Uh, we are there. But other than that, if you would like hearing about or hearing from us, you can check us out every second and fourth Thursdays of the month. This is around the kinky cow, and I am Fuzzy Lumpkins. Um, if you want there to talk to me about my... <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Fuzzy Lumpkins. It's Nelson and Fuzzy Lumpkins now. I got to go back and off off the air. Just be like, hey, these are the things here. Catch us next time. Are you going to do it? Do what? What you always do to me. What do I do? What do you mean? You're going to make me go first? Yeah, go ahead.